Go ahead and read that again there, Mark. Today's episode of Interman Radio may contain elements that are difficult for children. And parents, for that matter. <laughs> and, and those two. In fact, the views expressed by our guests do not necessarily represent the views of Interman Radio hosts, the IMR network, its affiliates, producers, underwriters, or their family. Hi, this is Jason and Mark with Interman Radio. A free service to thinkers everywhere, demystifying the Bible by asking the questions your neighborhood pastor is afraid to answer. All right, Mark, we're continuing our series on raising parents. Raising, raising children, children parents. Children, right, parent right. children's. I think this week we're talking about... Raising parents God's way. I think that... That's it. You should yes. write a book. Yes. Yeah, so for those who haven't heard, uh, who didn't hear the first episode, um, we encourage you to It was really go good. It was, was really good. good. One of intro. our best ever. So some quick background of what we're doing and why we're doing it here. So uh, we, as we mentioned in the first episode of this series, that this is a topic that's been on our mind for a while. And uh, we really were reluctant on doing it. And I think uh, at different times we had gone back and forth. At one time I thought it was a great idea. Then I thought maybe not so much. And then you thought it was a good idea, Mark. And, and, and then we kind of went and finally came to the conclusion that regardless of where we're at in parenting our kids, because we still got kids at home, uh, we've still got kids raised and, and at home, that this was a topic that we really felt was important to cover now. Yeah, why, why should knowledge or expertise limit us from commenting? Exactly. So, uh, so <laughs> as experts, here or, we are. Or right? lack thereof. You know, we should defer to the experts. Yes. Let's call Uncle Fillmore. Hi there, this is Uncle Fillmore. When I heard that the fellas at Interman Radio were going to do an episode on responsibility, I put some thoughts together that I think will be helpful. Three sure fire steps that will guarantee your kids and you live a happy life. Because we all know that the most important thing in life is happiness. Nothing is more important than your little buddy, a little Miss Sunshine feeling a sense of warmth and happiness in life, except maybe your sense of warmth and happiness in life. So with that said, step number one, set them up to fail as youngsters and let them know when they do. Mark, I'm on the front porch. There's nothing that conjures a sense of responsibility like being told you failed again. So assign tasks you know are beyond their reach. When they inevitably fail, kindly show them their failure, getting them to admit out loud that they failed, but not just failed, sin. Congratulations, you've just set the stage for step number two, which is get them in the water early. Now I don't mean swimming lessons, I mean get them baptized. See, the more guilt you can instill in a youngster, the more likely they are to be overwhelmed with that guilt and want to do something about it. Now we all know counting the cost is foreign to a 7, 8, or 10 year old. And even at 12, 13, and 14 they probably have no clue about the responsibilities of a marriage relationship with Christ. I mean if you've gotten them to take responsibility for cleaning the room once a week, you're doing good. But their unpreparedness for the relationship at hand sets you up nicely for step number 3. And in the meantime now that they're in Christ's hands, you're once again free to pursue your busy schedule. The sooner they fall into the loving arms of Jesus, the more your schedule is freed up to meet your personal and professional goal. And this is where the plan all comes together. So far, you've set the standard, and they've failed. And they know it. And as a result, you've successfully got them in the water. They feel better, and you certainly feel and look better as a parent, too. What a burden lifted. Now what? Well, just like all of us are destined to do, they're going to continue to fail. Not just once, but over and over again. But now, we've got the Holy Spirit as a tool helping them to fail less. <laughs> And when the power of Christ in them just isn't 
frightened enough to help them escape a certain uncommon temptation demand, they don't have to feel guilty about it. Why? Because now they've been forgiven. And besides, what can God really expect as long as we're in the flesh anyway? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. <laughs> You're thinking this is a sick, twisted approach based on a philosophy that places too much burden on our kids when they're young and not enough as adults. You'd rather be helicopter parents jumping into every situation to save your kids from the consequences of their actions only to jump down their irresponsible throats as adults. Well, I've got news for you. They'll never be happy and you'll be exhausted and broke. What we're striving for here is a comfortable balance where they feel responsible enough for their actions to strive to do well, but as sinners simply clothed with Christ, they're good with failure. As long as it doesn't make them look too bad. Or you either. See, everybody wins. They look pretty good. You look pretty good. They're happy. You're happy. And you save a lot of time and money. Well, that's about all I have for now. Until next time, if you need anything, you just let me know. Well, I, I, think, uh, I, I think we need to read the disclaimer <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Uncle Phil. Yeah, thank I you think for that. For I mean, that. Th there's so much there, and, and it, there's it, a lot there. I'm not sure what direction he was really going <laughs> in. It's kind of hard to tell there. There's a lot there. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's hard to tackle something like responsibility because where do you begin with something like that? I mean, it's, uh, the topic is is large. It has uh, ramifications in all kinds of areas, and trying to teach your kids to be responsible is kind of like trying to teach them to you know to act independently. It's one thing just yeah. to get obedience, but responsibility requires some personal some personal ownership. Yeah. And that's a lot more challenging. It's not something that can really be mimicked or well it can be mimicked, but it's not something that can be faked. It can't be commanded either. You can't be responsible. Yeah, be responsible. Right. You can't yeah. force someone to care. Right. You right. can't force them to take ownership. Right. You, you can force them to do a task or something like that, but to generate responsibility, the kind of taking initiative to do what's right because it's right or follow through with what they said they would do, that's a different thing. Right. We find ourselves all the time in parenting in this, in this difficult balance of trying to move from just the discipline mm -hmm. to the kids taking on that character themselves. Yes, and that is where the disconnect seems to be oftentimes because we think that if we're going through the motions of disciplining them for doing something that they shouldn't have done, then we're instilling responsibility. And to a certain extent, you kind of are. But it's an indirect, um, it's an indirect way to produce that thing. Because you can't, you can't force someone to be responsible. You put them in situations and circumstances, yeah. and hopefully they learn from those things. Right. And responsibility then is the byproduct. Just like you know, we talked about honesty earlier. You, right. you can't force someone to be honest. But you hope that they learn those things through the, through the program. And we were talking earlier about how Matthew 25 kind of lays out a little bit of a picture of some responsibility. Right. It's a really a good picture for us as parents in how Jesus uh, describes the transaction of handing off responsibility, what that looks like. Yeah, sure. So yeah. we've got in Matthew chapter 25 is the famous parable of the talents, right? And so, in this case, Jesus said in verse 14, It's just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. This sounds like mom leaving the house saying, By the time I get home, you kids better have this house cleaned up or you're going to get it. Yeah, speaking of which, okay, not to go down too much of a rabbit trail, but <laughs> we're old enough to where we remember uh, in the, your household growing up, 
did you guys have the TV that when you turned it off, it would go down to that little dot in the middle of the screen? Mm-hmm. Do you guys have that? Yep. Were you able to hear the parents coming up the driveway when they got home? Oh, yes. We had a gravel driveway. Aha. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so, yes. So, mm-hmm. so you remember hearing them come up the driveway <laughs> and turning the TV off and hoping that dot would disappear before mom and dad walked in the room? Gone. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, rabbit trail. Yeah. yeah, we figured that um, by the time it was a long driveway. Oh, so uh, uh, mom, if you're listening, I apologize um, in retrospect, but it was a long driveway. And if, if you heard him hit hit gravel, uh-huh. um, you had a short amount of time and very short to get it done. Uh-huh. But interesting side note, uh, kids, if you're listening, most times you can't tell if the house has actually been vacuumed or if the wheels of the vacuum have just run over it. So really ah, fast, yes, making, making right. tracks, tracks in the, on the carpet, in the carpet is yes. just as good yes. as vacuuming. Just the pick carpet. up the pick up the big chunks. That's right. Yeah. What we're training is responsibility. Responsibility. Here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus tells this great parable, and he says, you know, a master goes on a journey, but he calls in three of his slaves, and he's going to entrust his possessions to them. There's a lot that's that's included here. In the first sense, he gives to those slaves. One, he gets five. The other gets two. And the last guy gets a single talent. Why does he do that? Why not give, I mean, if he loves them all equally, why not just give them all the same? Right, equity. Exactly, yes. right? Yep. So you want to teach your kids responsibility, you should first be equal. No, that doesn't work at all. Point is, they are different people. And they're at different levels of responsibility and maturity. And so, the master knows that, and he gives them according to their ability. He entrusted his possessions to them, each according to his own ability, and went on his journey. That means the master's had some time to think about it. He knows what they're capable of doing, right. and he gives them tasks that are proportionate to their level of responsibility. Yeah, Uncle Fillmore. Yeah, that, take that, Phil. Yeah. But he's also going to allow them to do what they want once he's entrusted that to them. He leaves. There's risk. Yes, there is. There's big risk here. Yeah, he walks away. So in the sense of talents, five talents is quite a bit of money. Two talents is a lot. Even a single talent is a lot of liquid cash. And he expects them to use that responsibly in his absence, but he doesn't hover over them to make sure that they do so. Right. Why not? Well, he hasn't really taught responsibility. He might have taught obedience, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't teach responsibility. And so... When we're teaching responsibility, there's a difficult and uncomfortable element which must be present, and that is the opportunity to fail. We're going to allow parents, I know that's a difficult, that some of you are swallowing hard right now, but you have to allow your kids to fail. So when they're two years old and they fail at putting their toys away, you ask them to do, that's one thing. When they're 16 and they fail at something bigger, mm-hmm. that's harder to swallow. It and sure th- can be. And those risks, they have more consequences. The consequences can be much, much larger. Uh, certainly. But it's still the same process. Yeah. And it's the same fix. If the two-year-old has failed to do the simple task that you gave them, uh, the two-year-old needs to deal with those consequences. So usually it's put those toys in the box. Or and else. if they don't, yeah, or, or you're dead. If if the two-year-old, you know, doesn't put them in the box, whatever, they, f- they get distracted, blah, 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 all right. those things happen. <clears throat> we need to remind, put the toys in the box, right. or we're not getting any more toys out. Well, we're jumping ahead a little bit, though, because now we're talking about consequences for their failure uh, or for their actions, but, which we'll get to that in a second, but 
in the meantime, though, just dealing on this idea of because I, this is really tough, especially mm, I don't know if especially for homeschooling parents, but the more uh, I might be saying this wrong at the risk of saying it wrong. We'll read the disclaimer one more yeah. time. <laughs> you know, th- there's a there's a certain mm, culture of parenting that many conservative Christian parents come from and that um, that that I've been in as well, where it's kind of like. Um, there's a real, you're really invested in your kids and you're really invested in their, how they do is a reflection on you. Yeah. And, and so the temptation here, even if it's not on purpose, the temptation is to not allow them the chance to fail because it makes us look bad. Or if, even if our motives are really good, not allow them the chance to fail because we're so afraid that they won't come back from it, that that fear hampers our parenting ability as well. So when someone is a little bit older, we might not afford them the opportunities to make decisions that they really should be making on their own because we're really afraid they'll make the wrong decisions. And there's a really, really good chance that they will. Yes, there is. And, and that those decisions will lead to really painful, hurtful things for them. Yep. And, and that's difficult for a lot of parents, um, me included, actually. Well, I think every parent faces that challenge. We, we are bound up in our kids. We want them to do well. And if they don't do well, it is to some degree a reflection of how we have prepared them to, to work and to act. So, Absolutely. So we're definitely invested. But if we do that, we've taken from the child when we remove the possibility of failure we also strip away from them any opportunity to gain real confidence that's true you do not place confidence in your kid by keeping them from failure what you do is you make them a slave to that system that won't allow there's always on the bumpers you know you you, you know you, you you go bowling right and the kids have have bumper balls i hate those right yeah. when it, yeah. it's, so you can't fail Right, it's Every, good, it's, it's good for the little kids. Something for the little kids. Sure, but okay, when Christina whatever. does it, when Christina does <clears throat> right. it, though. It, but if you if you leave those on there, I mean, it's a silly illustration, but I think it's right up our alley. If you leave those on there, right, you didn't make the kid confident because he never failed. What you did, you made him a slave to the stupid bumpers. Right, and and he's he doesn't have the self confidence to 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 go and and to do anything on his own without right. those there. Making sure that nobody loses at soccer does not make them confident adults. It's the very thing they say they claim to want. They want their kids to feel good about themselves. Right. They want their kids, ah, yeah. But they don't do it. They would do exactly the opposite because kids never have to face risk, and so they never are confident in their own abilities. It robs that from them. It has to be challenging for them in order for them to have an opportunity to grow. And in this parable, the master sets them up beautifully to be able to succeed or fail. Yep, based on their own ability. Yep. <clears throat> here's one, here's two, here's five. He knows his children, I mean his slaves. It's a fine right, line. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> and so he, he wants to give them that kind of, of that kind of confidence, and that means that mistakes might be made. And that's perfectly all right. We didn't know what to do. We thought we'd done the right things. We tried to be responsible and thought the timeshare would be a positive thing for our family taking vacations together. You know, 
But the devil was in the details, and with all the fine print, we found ourselves paying like owners, but not really using our timeshare. It was hell, or at least purgatory, and it was going to take a miracle to get us out. Hundreds of thousands of well-intentioned folks just like Janet and her husband were lured into the halfway trap of a timeshare before they called Hail Mary timeshare extraction. They'd been good with their money, but not quite good enough, and once you're in, there's no getting out. But with the help of Hail Mary timeshare extraction, miracles happen. We'd nearly given up all hope, but when we made the call, Nicholas Talentio in customer service was so helpful, and all it took was a little cash, and now we're free. When you need a miracle to get you out of your timeshare, there's only one place to call, Hail Mary Mortgage and Timeshare Extraction. So that feedback mechanism, Mark, <laughs> is vital if it's kids vital. are going to learn to be responsible. Right. There is no uh, purgatory getting you out of it. This one. <laughs> there is not. So how do we make that work for them? How do we help the kids get the benefit of their consequences, which we don't short circuit? We allow them to take those consequences. Well, what you want to do is you want to reinforce the fact that they really failed. <laughs> they really failed. So, so when, they, when they messed up, you want to say... I knew you were going to mess up, <laughs> but I really? gave you I gave wow. you the ability to choose, and you obviously chose blew the wrong it. thing. You blew it, and uh, you know you really messed up, and you <laughs> need to confess up to it here and uh, take some ownership. That's terrible. I think I'll agree with the taking ownership part. Usually, uh, most people, children included, know when they failed. Um, if they occasionally, um, that does need to be brought to their attention, but usually they figured that out. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. in this little narcissistic world that we live in, you think? Yeah, I think they know. Okay. Um, but knowing and taking responsibility are different things. Ah, that's, the, the conscience is still guilty, maybe, or they know they didn't measure up, but what they do about it from there, that, that's really where the narcissism comes in. Is that what you're talking about? Sure. Well, maybe let, a little bit negative use, about let, the younger generation here <laughs> calling them a bunch of narcissists. Let's use the soccer game, right? Thank you. See, okay, they know they got whooped. Okay. okay. So we could, we could pretend it didn't happen. Uh, or we could say, well, what do you need to do next time? And there are parents do who different. do that. You did I such know. a great... Actually, okay, wait, time, stop. Okay, <laughs> just a minute. Okay, so there is a fine line here. Because uh-huh. on the one hand, let's say that let's All say right. the team lost. Okay, Badly. Which, okay, yeah. So... so um, a smackdown, a Saturday morning smackdown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, But let's say that you were working on some things with your kid, and they did those things well. Yeah, it was a moral victory, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it was yeah uh-huh. because okay so like okay so lucy plays a lot of defense in soccer okay. she's kind of new to it and so we offered a little incentive for every time she stole the ball from somebody else we'd give her a sum of money no. okay <laughs> that's awesome so so she's uh, she, like, you got a bounty on people it's like oh it's like Absolutely. Like the defensive lineman gets a gets a paycheck every time he puts the quarterback on the ground. <laughs> no, we're not asking her to hurt people. This is soccer. But if anyway. it happens, you know, okay. So <laughs> Right. So 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 she gets she gets something for every time she steals the ball from somebody else. Right. And she really improved and she's I'll out bet there she kind did of becoming too. a bit of a stealing machine. That so is awesome. And then she'd come back and she would say, Well I think I got this many steals, but she was kind of counting half steals that weren't really steals. Like mm. anyway, so but but the team lost, uh-huh. okay, and the goal in the game wasn't to steal, but that was her part. Yeah. That was her role. The team still lost. There's a difference between going and saying, you did a fantastic job at this particular thing. Sure. But now let's, let's, let's look at the big picture. 
we're not saying don't don't give any positive information to what they did well no, if no, they no. didn't hit the overall goal, right? right? Okay. Well, so in that case, Lucy's not responsible for the whole team. She's responsible right. for her. Right. So, okay, as, yeah, a, but we as win an and individual, yeah, as an individual, um, she, has her, she has her area where, where she's supposed to perform, and if she did that, great. And if the team lost... That's too bad. But the team needs to take responsibility, and maybe some of that falls on her. Maybe some of it doesn't. But, sure. yeah, place okay, responsibility where it, uh, where it belongs. So we do, you know, th- there needs to be a little bit of a debrief after whatever happens. And it may be a positive. It may be a negative for them. Both of those work for our advantage as parents because it gives us the opportunity to give some of that feedback and allow them to work through, okay, how did we do? How did we get here? You know, how did it go? Um, you know, you had your test today in whatever. Um, how'd you do on it? Right. You were, you know, you went down the street to uh, to rake some leaves for, for the neighbor. Uh, how'd it go? Oh, fine. It went fine. All good. Was the neighbor pleased? I think so. He paid me. Well, that's good. That's good. Do you need to go back tomorrow? Uh, are there more that need to be finished? Mm, probably not. All right. How did it look when you were done? Good enough. <laughs> oh, I thought I had him on that last one. I thought I thought I'd get him to break. <clears throat> were there was there any any were there any leaves left over on the lawn? That, oh. If I were to go take a look at it right now, what do you think I'd say? Mm. But what we're trying to you know we're trying to get information. We're trying to find out what happened. We're trying to be involved in that. We want to know what was the result. Did they do what they were supposed to do? Being involved in follow up is absolutely necessary. In order to do that. So we want them to take ownership. Yeah, I did this, this, and this. I did the leaves this way. I did that way. I did this thing. I got this many steals. Right. That's a great job. Okay, fantastic. Are there things that we need to work on? Maybe so. Right. So we talk about those and, and try to try to work through that. If there's something that didn't work out the way we wanted, what do we have to do differently in the future to make that go? Or what do we have to do differently right now to make it right? I mean, it yeah. could be like a yes. leaf-raking situation. Maybe it wasn't quite done up to snuff, and they need to go get a few more leaves raked up. Yes. Yep. Absolutely right. But if we don't do that, we fail as parents because we've we've cut them loose from the natural feedback loop of consequences designed to change character. And really, the younger the kids are, the more they rely on us in that feedback loop for those consequences. Yes, yeah. that's right. And of course, the older they get, the less and less they need from us in that feedback. I mean not getting paid by the neighbor because they didn't rake the leaves really well is a good feedback mechanism. Yes, it is. Independent of us. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. because now their responsibilities as they grow tend to be with other people. They have independent jobs. Right. Uh, and so if they don't do a good job, they have to face those consequences. So we as parents are not the, are not the, primary, um, the primary means by which they get that kind of feedback. But certainly when they're little, we are. Yeah. So as you were mentioning, parents fail when we don't allow the kids to take ownership um, or we get in the way of them suffering the consequences. And, you know, I think sometimes, though, I think sometimes it's not on purpose. Actually, most of the time I think it's not on purpose because it's rare that we would we would say, oh, you know what? I'm going to get in the way of my child's growth and development by <laughs> I hope not by getting in there and not allowing them to. Um, face the consequences for that. Nobody thinks that way. Yeah. It's more like I'm tired right now. I, I've got this going on. I, okay, um, I'll deal with it later. Or, okay, they did pretty good. 
Um, I've had a rough day. I don't want to get angry at them. Okay, that looks that looks pretty good. Uh, next time, you need to do a little bit better. Okay, and then you move on. Yeah. But you don't really give them the real benefit of learning. You've uh-huh. just kind of maybe maybe you swept it under the rug because or, or or maybe there's a bit of a conflict in parenting style in the house. Maybe one parent is more likely to be more demanding and. And so the spouse would consider that parent to be more harsh. And so the spouse might try to make up for that because they've got negative Joe who's always coming down hard on the kids about everything. And so mom is coming in and saving. The, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why Can parents be. wouldn't allow that feedback loop to happen. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think as parents, you know, we don't, it's so easy to do that. Uh, it's, it's so easy not to take the time, number one, to be involved and to know what's going on. Um, you know, as the kids get older, that's harder to do. Yeah. Um, you, parents really have to go out of their way to find out what's happening in their kids' lives. You, you have to know what's going on in order to be involved in that, uh, in that conversation. But it's easy just not to check with them. It's easy to, uh, to, to not take the time to have those conversations about, okay, what happened? What do we need to change? How do we need to do this differently next time? Or, great job. You did amazing. I am so proud of you. Yeah. That's fantastic. You rocked it. Or half listening, right? What? You, you, exactly. Yeah. You come home, and, and, uh, and so your kid's telling you about what they did at school today, and you're like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that's fa- awesome. Nice work. And they think they kind of think you're listening. They know you're <laughs> But you're, you're giving them the thumbs up. Good job, buddy, you know, or whatever, but not actively carving out that time and being purposeful about about giving them feedback yeah it seems like all of the same all of the same reasons that a child would give for not completing their responsibilities Mm -hmm. are the same reasons that parents give for not completing their responsibilities i didn't have time dad i got distracted i'm a little too busy i did this instead as parents we can't do that we can't be irresponsible of all the responsibilities that we have whether it's on purpose or not, we can't neglect that one. So we have to be dialed in to what's going on on a daily basis so that we catch those opportunities for feedback and growth when they happen. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 18 is something I have in our notes here, Mark. What would that say about this process? You know, let's, tr- let's turn over to Luke chapter 10, verse 18. <laughs> <laughs> So Luke chapter 10, verse 17, oh. when the 70 come back after Jesus sent them out um, um, to go and preach about the kingdom of heaven, the 70 return and they are excited because, Lord, they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And, uh, and so That's Jesus, pretty powerful. It is very powerful. Yeah. And Jesus spends some time with them and, uh, and he talks with them. And they kind of do a little debrief. You know, he said, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I've given you authority to tread upon serpents, scorpions, and so on and so forth. And in verse 21, at that time, he greatly rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and was pleased that they got it. He said, you know, I, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you did hide these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants, to children. Yes, Father, it was well-pleasing in your sight. <clears throat> I don't know how that made them feel, but I think it was good. Yeah. Um, Jesus took the time to find out, okay, how to go? He followed up with the 70. He made sure that they had done what they were supposed to do, but he praised them for what they had done right. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that was good. 
in another instance, the disciples come back after trying to cast out a demon that they couldn't, they couldn't cast out in Mark chapter 9. And oh, yeah. the feedback loop is a little bit different on this one. They're asking him a question, and, and Jesus goes in and explains it. You know, here's, here's why you weren't able to do this. Uh-huh. Uh, so s- same, same infrastructure, same process, different circumstance. Here's what you need to do differently for this to work. Yeah, but those guys, when they came back to Jesus, they were concerned about that. That's right. They cared. Uh, yeah, and so Jesus is doing the follow-up. They, they want to know what happened. Where did we go wrong? And that implies a, a level of responsibility. They, they actually were invested in the process and, and, and were concerned about doing it right. That's right. It bothered them that they couldn't get that demon out. Now, maybe it bothered them because they looked silly in front of other people. Who knows the underlying yeah. motive? But it bothered them. And you know what else that points out to us, that they would go and tell Jesus that, is that they felt comfortable in bringing their concern and their failure to Jesus, bringing it up to him. Yeah, they were confident that he was, uh, that number one, he had the answers, Mm -hmm. and uh, number two, he wasn't going to beat them with a stick. So they were going to work through it, get what they needed to learn, and uh, and be able to move on. Yeah, so what does that look like as a parent, Mark, uh, in, in this situation? I mean, how does that look with our kids? Rhetorically asking, I mean, that would be a kid coming back and, and saying, you know, Mom, Dad, um, I did this, and it, I had this problem at work, and I handled it this way, and I don't know, if, what do you think? Sure. Or I didn't get the job, yeah. or, yeah, it didn't work out with her or with him, or yeah. I mean, all of those are, are good opportunities for us to have those conversations. And as a parent, those are teachable moments that we need to take advantage of. Yeah. Um, not we're not trying to give them the answer we're trying to help them find it and uh, and, and too often parents try to solve kids problems rather than help them work through those on their own so how might that have gone differently is there anything that you would do different next time if you were if you were in that in in that space again right why didn't you get the job why do you think it didn't work out with him yeah you know what yeah and then those other questions what would you do differently next time so as is often the case, you really can't train kids to be what you aren't. You know, it, it, it's easy. We would like kids to be responsible, just like we want them to be honest and we want them to be respectful. But you can't ask them to be more responsible than you. Yeah. You know, you're, uh, you're an administrator at a school. I don't know. Are you a principal? What, what, it depends you, on the day. It depends. Okay. I'm, I'm a janitor. <laughs> yeah. Superintendent. Right. You know, so you've got a senior in school that has not completed their pace work. Uh-huh. Mom and dad have already purchased the invitations. Uh-huh. The graduation party is already set. Mm, there will be tears. And yet, you know, junior hasn't gotten it done. And it's the last day of getting uh-huh. pace work in, and they don't make it. Mm. What does the evil Mr. Miller, the Dr. Evil? evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> you know, no, if you don't get the work done, you don't have a party. Right. And, and really, as responsible parents, they would have to back that up and say, no, if you don't get your work done, there's no graduation party here because you didn't do the work. Yeah. <clears throat> but oftentimes, parents, in wanting to look good or not offend or keep the relationship with their kids friendly, they'll back off of that. But that's really what we're talking about is being responsible parents. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that, that's a tough one. And, and I've actually, I, I've been very fortunate that, uh, that the, the parents at school, you know, I, we laid out initially. This is where this is the finish line um, for your son or daughter, and if they don't reach it, they don't reach it. Um, and so that motivates the parents very well to motivate the child very well. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so yeah. um, we've been able to to escape that generally. But <coughs> if 
if we step in and, and short-circuit that process, we teach the child that they are not responsible, they do not gain the kind of confidence that they need in order to function independently in the real world when the, when the bumpers of their parents are no longer there. You know, they have to bowl on their own. As parents, we have to be in that spot where we know what's going on. We have to be in that information loop, and that means you've got to change your schedule in some way, if right. necessary, in order to be in that flow of information. Yeah, it, being too busy is not an excuse. No, you've and, got you to know, get information from mom, right. information from dad. You need to compare notes, talk yep. to the kids. Yep, and, and, and dads, I'll just say this to dads in particular, um, because it probably applies more, maybe not, but you know, if you've got a job that's a 50, 60, 70 hour a week job, you're just gonna have to deal with that and still carve out time, because you have to be involved in, in the loop here. Um, so if, if our daily structure of our life does not allow us the time to be involved and know what's going on with our kids so that we can take advantage of these feedback opportunities, we got to change the structure of our life. That's just the bottom line. We do. That's a responsibility we cannot afford to neglect. So in short, responsible kids, Mark, come from responsible parents. And we'll see you next time on, on Interman, Interman Radio. Radio. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, you can be sure to never miss an episode by visiting InnermanRadio.org or get automatic notifications on your phone with the Interman Radio app. It's available on Google Play or Apple Stores.